Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, Dots Thoughts, where I just talk about anything that's been on my mind, anything that's going on in life, any uh, deep or heavy things or lighthearted things, you know, the whole spectrum. Today's episode, I'm going to be going into some details about some health updates, what's been going on with me. It happened about a month ago, in all fairness, but I did actually, this is my second time attempting to record this episode. I did record it about a week and a half ago, and I just couldn't sit with the final product. Like, it was good, it was fine, but it just was like, wah, 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 like (laughs) going way too much self-pity and way too much, um, way too many details, like too much information, TMI, for probably everyone listening. Like maybe there's a small percentage of people, specifically women. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble with the political correct po- correctness police, but you know what I mean, like biological women, people with ovaries, because surprise, surprise, what I'm talking about today does have a lot to do with my reproductive organs. Um, but it applies to everyone. Okay. So like, it's not, you don't just have to be a biological woman to care about what I'm going to be talking about. But I was just like spewing off like a goal, like life history, uh, medical history of everything I've been through in my life, which is relevant. But, uh, listening back to what I had recorded, I was like, mm, you guys don't need to know all of that. <laughs> it's just too much. Maybe maybe some people care, but I I really want to keep this, you know, short to the point, enticing for the people who do care. And you like I said, you don't have to be a biological woman to to care because guess what? Everyone knows a woman in their life, whether it's their mom or a f- girlfriend or a friend or sister or whatever. So, um anyone who has ovaries, this does apply to you whether you've had the same struggle or not. Um, you've definitely had a period, so you know what that's all about. And yeah, this is just something that that I've struggled with my whole life since I had a period, which started at 11 years old. So for the better half of my life, for the last two decades, basically. Uh, so <laughs> I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you guys are not in the hospital. If you are having any issues, any problems, God bless. Uh, This is not a good, I mean, it's never a good time of year to be going through that kind of stuff. But um, especially this time of year, I feel like it just to attach grief and pain and um, hard things to the holiday season, if you are religious or not, like if you if you generally speaking, this time of year is a time of reunion and family and celebration, you know, and happiness, whether you believe in God or not, you know, or whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you do. Um, attaching grief to this time of year is, is, uh, is hard. And I don't want to sound over dramatic because guess what? This happened actually like a month ago. So yeah, like approaching the holiday season, but we're not, we were not in the thick of it yet. And so December 1st, I'm recording this episode. I plan on publishing it today. Just wanting to give an update because I've I've given updates on my other platforms on Instagram and YouTube primarily, but it's mostly, if not all, in Portuguese. So I understand a lot of people don't understand Portuguese. So yeah, this is my English update of what the heck happened. Um, I have never been formally diagnosed with anything in regards to my ovaries, my uterus, anything reproductive or anything for that matter, like period. Um, But 
like, you know, something like polycystic ovarian syndrome or endometriosis or something chronic, I've never had, or to my knowledge, I've never had, I've never been diagnosed. And for as many times as I've been in and out of hospitals since I had my period, literally, um, you would think that they would catch it if I did have something like that. So I almost wish, I hate to say this because I know women who do have these issues and they wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but I almost wish that I had been diagnosed with something because then I feel like I'd actually be able to look for more specific answers to my problems. And instead of just having these attacks happen randomly, but basically had a lot of reproductive issues ever since I got my period. I had to have ovarian cyst surgery when I was 12 because I had two ovarian cysts on the right side twisted around my ovary, cutting off the blood circulation. They were able to save my ovary. Everything was good. Ever since then, they put me on birth control, hormonal birth control, the pill. I've tried it all. I've tried the pill. I've tried the patch. I've tried the shot. I've tried uh, the ring. I've tried everything, (laughs) everything, and never liked it, never liked how the hormones affected me, especially in that season of my life, you know, when you're going through adolescence, And I wasn't even sexually active until later on in that decade. So I I really just didn't like it. I just didn't, I didn't know how much to blame of like normal adolescent puberty type stuff and how much to blame for the hormonal birth control. But I knew that it was affecting me in some way or another. And I, I did not like it. I tried to go off of it when I was 15 just kind of as an experiment because I was sick of taking it. And immediately I got cysts coming back. So great. Okay. What, well, what is a cyst? For anyone who's, who's maybe not familiar, a cyst is a normal growth, like basically a sack of fluid that can develop anywhere in the body. But when, I, when I'm referring to ovarian cysts, it's a sack that grows and takes up space and is very uncomfortable uh, and it happens every month. That's actually part of what causes PMS pain, which is a regular thing for women to go through every month. And so when they say that you have a cyst, quote unquote, have a cyst, that means that the cyst showed up like it usually does every month and it didn't go away. Usually they dissolve or they they pop, they break, they rupture, whatever, you know, they go away on their own. But when you have a cyst, it means... It grew like it normally does that time of month and it did not go away. It persists and it grows. It keeps growing and it keeps causing more and more pain. So if you can imagine, I don't know, if you're a man listening, like maybe you've dated a woman who had really bad cramps, you know, or your mom, or you remember someone in your life going through it monthly, right? And that's just for a normal cyst growth that a normal woman gets every month. So imagine that same amount of growth amplified, doubled, tripled, quadrupled, because it doesn't go away. It just keeps growing. And it it actually attaches itself to the ovary. And so in my most recent episodes, what was happening is um, not only would the cyst grow, but it because it was attached to my ovary, it weighed down my ovary, which caused my o- ovary to spin which caused, you know, things in motion tend to stay in motion and it would just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and it would um, twist itself around. It's called an ovarian torsion. So the problem just gets 
<sighs> multiplied um, very quickly. It's very painful. And I had to go to the hospital multiple times throughout October and November. So I went about two months ago and there was nothing they could really do. Uh, they gave me a bunch of pain medicine. I was screaming in pain and there was nothing they could really do. They didn't even know what it was. I thought it was my appendix. They could rule that out. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, uh, finally they, I went and saw an OBGYN. She looked at the images. She told me it was a torsion that it'll straighten itself out, that you need to get back on hormonal birth control. Oh, I forgot to explain. So I was on birth control for 10 years, hormonal birth control from 11 to 21. It really messed with me. I did not like it. I always wanted a reason to get off of it. I could not find a re- every time I tried, it would just, it, from what I could tell, I needed, quote unquote, needed to be on hormonal birth control. Never liked it. Okay. So what happened when I was around 2021 is I changed my diet dramatically. And I don't know how much my dietary changes had to do with the cysts going away. Uh, It's really hard for me to say. I don't want to give too much credit. I want to give credit where credit is due, but I don't want to give credit where it's not due. So I don't want to totally credit the diet because I was raw vegan, which is a very extreme dietary choice, I'm aware. I have a lot to say about that. But basically, I cleaned up my diet to the extreme where all I was eating was raw fruits and vegetables, cut out all meat, all dairy, all animal products, and all bread, all starches, all salt. All I mean, really, when I say raw fruits and vegetables, that is literally all I was eating. Like, I'd go through like a case of bananas in like a week and a half, because <laughs> when you're in the Northern Hemisphere, bananas are like the cheapest, most calorically dense carbohydrate that you can eat. And because of that, it, um, you know, I didn't like living off of bananas, so I actually kind of migrated to more tropical climates, and uh, I lived in Hawaii for a while on a fruit farm, and there's a whole like four or five years of my life where I dedicated myself to this lifestyle because it really does change your lifestyle. I was traveling to different festivals and working, volunteering, meeting a bunch of people, really good times, but also not sustainable in its own way, in my personal opinion. Uh, obviously, I, I'm not, I don't subscribe to that diet anymore. And I haven't for like the last six years. So, and it's only until recently that these problems started coming back. So again, part of me at the time, if you'd asked me when I was raw vegan, I would have absolutely said like, oh my gosh, yeah, being raw vegan cured me. Like it, it is the reason I do not suffer with ovarian cysts anymore. Um, I don't think it was the raw veganism necessarily. I think it was more, it wasn't about what I was eating so much as about what I wasn't eating. So I wasn't eating hormonally charged, you know, pumped chicken breast and uh, beef and, you know, all these like factory farm type stuff, which I'm not saying meat is bad for you, but depending on how it's sourced, it can be very problematic. And we know that some of these hormones do mess with your reproductive system and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, not trying to bore you again. (laughs) I'm already condensing this down a lot better than I did last time I tried to record this episode. But basically, um, it took, I don't know why, but it took about five or six years for me to start experiencing these symptoms again. Um, You know, a year and a half of that, I was pregnant and or breastfeeding. So 
Maybe that is what helps for part of the time. But in between that 10-year period of my 20s, when I was not on hormonal birth control, I was using a contraceptive IUD. So a copper T non-hormonal device, if you will, that prevented birth for the most part. (laughs) It did. It did completely. I took it out when I was ready to have Max. uh, And that's when I got pregnant. So Anyways, and I had it reinserted when I, um, after I started my period again, and I've had pretty, a good experience. I know not everyone does, but I had a good experience using the IUD until just recently when I had my first hospital visit in over a decade uh, due to an ovarian torsion, ovarian cyst, caused by an ovarian cyst, and my OBGYN here in Arkansas was like, we need to take this out. So she took out the IUD. Um and she put me back on hormonal birth control. And I was willing and wanting to try it again because for one, I didn't want to go back to the hospital. (laughs) Trying to avoid that. For two, even though I don't, I'm not a fan of the hormones, I'm also like, well, you know, I'm in a different phase of my life right now. I'm in my 30s. I'm not going through puberty. I'm not an adolescent like I was the first time around. So let's try it. Let's see how it goes. And there's also, you know, Medically, there's been a lot of developments and there's a lot more options as far as what type of birth control you want to be on. And I was talking about the options with my doctor and she was like, yeah, if if this one doesn't, she put me on Yaz. She's like, if this one doesn't work for you, then we can, uh, we can always try a different one. There's, there's a lot of different options. So I was like, okay, okay, let's try, (laughs) you know? Um, well, what happened was about a month later, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was in excruciating pain, took some ibuprofen to take the edge off, kind of helped, but I ended up, you know, feeling this pain. I, I took Max to school. Ben was at work. I was home alone. I was crippled by this pain and I, it was only getting worse. And it was the same exact pain on the same exact side. Every time I've had an ovarian issue, it's always been on my right side. So... I don't know why, <laughs> but that, that's been a thing. So uh, my right ovary just doesn't like me. It's mad at me. It's inflamed, obviously causing a lot of pain. I drove myself to the hospital, which looking back was really dumb. Should not have done that. But I really didn't want to have to call an ambulance. I didn't want to inconvenience anyone and have them drive me there. Like I just didn't, I was like, I'm good enough. I can, dri- I can drive myself to the hospital. Ugh. Stupid. Um <laughs> Thankfully, I made it there without incident, no problems. But when I got to the hospital, I I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. I limped over to the desk. I, you know, gave them my information. I got into a room. They immediately gave me some morphine. Didn't hardly do anything. In a matter of about 6 hours, they gave me 4 full doses of morphine. And by the time that they dismissed me, I was still in excruciating pain. Like it, it, it basically, I could feel the morphine going through my system and numbing me everywhere except to where, where the pain was. <laughs> so that was sucky. I, I really, I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. They did the scans, the CAT scans. They did the, the CT or whatever. They did the, um, ultrasound and they found a ruptured cyst and if it had been intact they could have performed surgery that day and removed the cyst but because it had already ruptured they basically were like well 
you're out of luck. There's nothing we can do. You just have to wait for this, for the fluids to get reabsorbed. And it was a hemorrhoidal cyst. So it, it not, not only had fluid, but it had blood. So that causes even more pain. So I'm like, oh, great. So I went back home, could not sleep, could not do anything. I was just in excruciating pain again. And at this point, like, it's one thing to deal with pain. And I like to think I have a high tolerance for pain, right? I've suffered with gallstones, which anyone who knows that pain, it's horrible. Uh, I've given birth, you know, without an epidural vaginally. I, I know what that feels like. Also not fun, but you know, also a beautiful experience, but no regrets there. But <laughs> basically the pain that I was feeling, the best comparison is this, it was the same type of wave of intense, 10 unbearable pain, and then going down slowly down and then <gasps> waving back up and then going down. And then <gasps> like, it felt like contractions. Um, and it went on for over 72 hours. And I joke about it now. I'm like, man, I had contractions for 72 hours and I didn't even get a baby out of it how sucky is that (laughs) like it would have all been worth it if I got a baby but no I'm not pregnant and it was just pure gut-wrenching pain and when you go that long without sleeping with that level 10 amount of pain guys it does it messes with your head like it really really fucks with you um and not in a good way. And I was starting to to just want to leave this life. I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not, I'm, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I, I, I can't, I can't. I had gone back to the hospital. They'd given me more morphine. Again, nothing. Didn't change a thing. And then they sent me home. Like there was nothing they could do. There was nothing. I, I was just like, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And, uh, Thankfully, you know, Ben really stepped up and he, he was a little angel. (laughs) He really, really, really helped in a big way, not just logistically with getting Max to and from school and feeding and bathing him and taking care of him. It really reminded me of when I had my gallbladder issues and I was a single mom and I relied on friends around me. Um, At the time I was living in Utah and previously in Rio, Brazil, and I just relied on the the kindness of people because I, similarly, it's a crippling type of pain to where I can't do anything. I can't do anything for myself, let alone for a little human, for a baby, whether he was six months old or now at three years old, I needed help. I needed help. I, I could not imagine going through this without Ben by my side or without someone to help me, right? And I, I thankfully, have, I've always had whether it was a friend or a partner, I've always had someone there to help me with Max because I just, I, you can't do it. <laughs> you try to be a hero as a single mom, you try to do it all. And guess what? There's just some things you can't do. You need, you need help. So um, really grateful for Ben. I was probably like the bitchiest I've ever been, like so mean to him. So just yelling, just not myself. I could not, I, I had no patience. I had no any personality, any, any meanness was out the window. Like it was just a demon. It felt like that had possessed me because I was so sleep deprived and I was in so much pain and there was just nothing to be done. And I just had to wait it out. And, um, you're just not yourself. Okay. So (laughs) 
been tolerated a, a, a lot for me for that those couple of days. And finally, it started to let up. It very slowly was like slowly letting up. I got managed to get a few hours here and there of rest. Um, and this all happened. It started on a Tuesday. So it went throughout by like Saturday, Sunday, I was like not feeling myself, but I was I was okay. Like I could at least walk around and not be in level 10 pain. On Monday, I had a checkup appointment, which was actually pre-scheduled from the last time that I was in the hospital a month prior. So it was a checkup appointment to see how the birth control is doing and to have an ultrasound and to just check everything out. So the ultrasound part of the appointment was first. I go to the appointment I have a full bladder, <laughs> which, you know, not an enjoyable part of the appointment, but I have the full bladder because they require that for the imaging. And as soon as the technicians are, you know, rubbing the jelly on my belly and, you know, getting everything done, I, I don't really know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the same screen as them at the same time, real time. And it just looks like a bunch of gray blobs. Like it just looks like black and white, gray images. I don't know what I'm looking at. And they're looking at me like, wow, you must be in a lot of pain. Like, oh my goodness. Like they couldn't help themselves but to comment on what they were looking at. And I was like, well, I was like, I mean, I've had a week from hell, but um, I'm okay now. Like I'm, I'm, you know, what are you looking at? What do you see? And they, they can't say anything. They're not doctors. So they're not technically allowed to say anything, but they were... It was very suspicious. Like right from that moment, I was like, hmm, this is weird. Okay. So they just were like very lightly like treading over the subject of like, wow, oh my gosh, wow, oh. I'm like, okay, well, what is what are they talking about? I'm waiting for my doctor. She was an hour late because she had an emergency C-section, um, which is fine. I can understand that. But she comes in and at this point, I'm just like, just just tell me. Like I was expecting some good news actually cuz I was feeling better. I was like, okay, some something's okay. Like I don't know. It was suspicious that the technicians were were making those comments, but at the same time I was still hopeful. She comes in, the first thing she says is you need to have surgery today. Today. Like this is an emergency. And I I was like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and she said, your right ovary is in an active torsion. Uh, it's four times twisted around itself, and I might be able to save it. I might not, but regardless, I need to go in and at least get it untwisted, and then I, I need to go in to see what's going on, and from there, I can make a better decision, but this is the type of surgery. She explained it to me. It's laparoscopic. You need to get your COVID test done. Um, you need to do X, Y, Z, and then I'll see you back here at four o'clock. This was at like 10 o'clock in the morning, so she's like, okay, I don't even know how you're walking right now, she said. She's like, you should be crippled over in pain, and I'm like, well, yeah, it was validating to hear that. <laughs> I was like, okay, so <laughs> she gets it at least. Uh, you know, I was I was still taking some pain medication, but I was in better shape than I had been all week. So I do everything she says. I get back there by 4 p.m. She'd explain to me it's a very procedure. It's a very normal procedure called an oophorectomy where they go in laparoscopically with the camera. There's three small incisions and she's going to look and perhaps need to remove my ovary. She doesn't know yet. 
should take about a half an hour, maybe an hour max, right? So I tell Ben that, and Ben is close by, killing time with with Max, you know, because they didn't want to have to wait in the hospital, and um, waiting for the phone call. Two hours go by, two and a half hours, and then that's when she's done. Ben told me afterwards, he's like, I was kind of freaking out, because you had told me it was only going to take an hour, Max, and it would have been two and a half hours, and I hadn't heard from them, and I'd given the doctor, like, explicit instructions to call him like my parents are waiting for the call my Ben's waiting for the call everyone wants to know what's going on like please they're the people to to call I wake up from the surgery and she explains to me that uh there was nothing she could do to save the ovary it was dead tissue falling apart uh, it was extremely difficult for her to extract it all but she did and um not only was it four times twisted, but it was four times its normal size. So it was extremely inflamed. Um, but everything's good. Like, I, you know, it was a successful procedure. I still have one functioning ovary with a functioning fallopian tube, to my knowledge. There's some scar tissue there, but um, it might be a slightly difficult, but it should be totally possible to get pregnant again, should I so desire that in the future. And, uh, you know, that's good news, but yeah, I'm, I'm out an ovary. <laughs> it's a really weird sensation. Okay. I mean, I, I've tried to explain this. I've had a few conversations now with Ben and a friend of ours here, who's also male, biologically male and, uh, trying to explain to them, like, I, I basically lost a testicle. Like it, it <laughs> That's the equivalent, like a uh, ovary is to a woman what a testicle is to a man. And uh, yeah, testicles are on the exterior of the body. So you could physically, you can look at it and see it, and you can't look at my lower abdomen and see my ovaries. So it might not seem like a big deal, but it is a big deal. And thankfully, I'm not going to need any hormone therapy. I'm probably going to go through menopause early, like in my early mid 40s. So I have that to look forward to, but, um, yeah, it just like how the pain of the experience was messing with my head. It's also kind of psychologically messing with me that I only have one ovary. Like it's weird. It's so weird to think about. Um, it almost feels like a phantom organ now. Like I put my hand over my, where it should be. And I'm like, it's not there. Like what's going I don't know. I don't know if you guys listening really believe in like metaphysical, um, you know, it sounds pretty woo woo to think about, but like every part of the system of every system of the body, every part of the body, every organ, everything has a purpose, even things that don't have a purpose, like your gallbladder. You know, I went through a similar thing when I had my gallbladder removed, which I also tried to avoid for as long as possible, but it was unavoidable. Um, And, you know, I understand and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I was in really good hands and that it was successful and that there's no other side effects and that every, you know, everything went as smoothly as possible. I'm so grateful for good doctors and professionals. And in a way, I'm so glad that it's gone. (laughs) Like, I'm so relieved that, okay, I'm not going to have any more problems with my right ovary because I don't have a right ovary, you know, like it's such a relief But at the same time, it's like, 
I need to grieve. Like I need to grieve this body part that's literally gone. And it's an important part of my womanhood. I feel like it's like, I don't know how to process it. I don't know what the right move is now, like, or if I need to do anything or if I just need to wait and just let time heal it or what. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I know that it's affected me. I know that it's a big deal. So it's a mix. It's a really weird mix of emotions. Um, I'm so grateful that I'm out of pain. I'm back on the hormonal birth control and I'm kind of curious. I have a follow-up here in a few weeks and uh, I'm going to talk to my doctor about that and see what the options are. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, the problems don't resume on my left side. But I would prefer not to be on the birth control, (laughs) on the hormonal kind at least. And um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So anyways, that's the update. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a little different. I don't think I've ever done a health episode before so specific to my case. But I know know a lot of people can relate. And, And I know because I've shared this information already in Portuguese on my YouTube channel, like I said, and on my Instagram. But I've gotten so many messages, comments, messages, DMs, like I've been inundated. I I have more comments than I can even respond to, um, honestly, of people, women and men, uh, men who know women or men who've had their own issues or women who've had their own issues. They've had a hysterectomy or nephrectomy or whatever. Their tube's tied, uterus gone or whatever. And they understand. And they've been like, oh my gosh, I know the pain you're going through. I had a torsion too, or I had ovarian cysts too, or whatever. And it's very comforting. Like, gosh, thank you. Thank you for sharing. It's so validating to know, like, I'm yeah, I'm a tough cookie, but this was some real shit that I went, this was real, real pain. Like this was not a walk in the park and, uh, I'm not a wuss for having cried my way through it. And I don't even know how I got through it. Honestly, it was, it was so hard. It was the worst pain of my life. I can honestly say, um, so much so that it wanted it. I almost, I not almost, I wanted to end my life. Um, during the height of it, like when it was at its worst, I really did not know or did not want to go on. I just had no more reason. Um, I mean, I have reason to live, but it was just, it's like you could feel your soul getting sucked out of you because you're just, you're like, you're done. This is it. You know, (laughs) there's emotional pain. There's physical pain. I don't know what's worse, but physical pain, when it's at that level for that sustained amount of time, it really, 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 mm, there's no words. It's hard. It's, it's, it's impossible. Um, so I'm very grateful again for all the support I've had. My, my amazing audience, my family, uh, Ben, Max, my parents, the doctors, the nurses, Okay, that was a sign. <laughs> Time for me to end it. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. I, there's so there's so many more little details I could be sharing, but I'm that's what happened. That's the update. That's the story and I just got a phone call. Scam likely. Oh great. Okay, so that's the sign. I need to I need to cut this short. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh let me know if you can relate. Send me uh an email, comment, um message me, whatever, however you want to get in touch. Um I'm way behind <laughs> as always. 
I did spend like a solid week in bed just responding to messages and I'm still not caught up. If, if that gives you any idea of like how, how many messages I've been getting. So I appreciate it no, nonetheless. And I, uh, look forward to responding to you if you do reach out and, um, thanks for listening as always. And give me some raving reviews, especially where Apple and iTunes, I think, or I do ah, the same thing. Um, <laughs> Ah, I can't think. Um, Spotify? It's all you can find this everywhere, but I think if you I've heard that if you um review rate and review on the Apple iTunes podcast thing or whatever, then it actually really, really, really helps my podcast as far as like the search engine and whatever. Anyways, do as you will. Thank you so much for listening and I appreciate it and uh We'll get you next time. All right. Bye-bye.